What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops, one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage, listening to our ice-cold basketball takes. Donnie and Jake back at it again here to talk NBA. Jake, today we have a little bit of a loaded slate here. Donovan Mitchell drama, he's joining in. Yeah, he's joining in on the free agent drama. We got more KD Kyrie for you. What the hell is going on with those two? Maybe staying in Brooklyn now. Standouts of Summer League and just a little bit about what we think about Summer League overall. Yeah. Um, the midseason play-in tournament that may or may not happen in the future. Ooh. Also, the play-in tournament for the playoffs that seems like it's here to stay. Yep. And then we're going to break down the league's best duos at the end of the episode. Jake, are we ready? Let's go. How we doing? We're living. I'm just sending out all these tweets. I'm working on my phone before you get to me. We are. I'm so excited about today. Like this, it literally hasn't stopped. It has not stopped. I feel like it's busy. We have more news than we had last week when we were talking about it. Like we broke down like. We had broken down like regular, like the first free agent moves and stuff. But like since last week, it feels like it's just been, and it's not anything tangible that's happened, but just the different rumor. Like it's basically flipped on its head at this point. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say because it seems as though in years past, as the summer moves on, the moves tend to gradually slow down. Whereas you just said, like nothing tangible has really happened, but. We also were kind of robbed at of big moves at the beginning of this because of all the big names who have this the market on hold, and now we just keep getting new rumors, crazier rumors, it seems like, every day. And let's start with one that we thought was kind of dead last time we were on here because Danny Ainge came out and kind of said, or at least rumors had it that Danny Ainge was not willing to trade Donovan Mitchell after the Rudy Gobert trade. And then yesterday, here we are getting pretty much getting word around the league from multiple sources that the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes are indeed back on. Other GMs around the league are saying the Jazz are still taking calls on Mitchell. So now we have this thing. Donovan Mitchell, possible teams he could be headed to. Heat, Knicks, others. What's the best? Or what, do, what do you think just, I guess, surface level of the Donovan Mitchell news right now? It's not surprising at all. That's for sure. I feel like we talked about it during the year that, you know, I mean, not even just during this year, like since we've started this podcast two years ago, there's been rumors about Mitchell discontent really started mm-hmm. with the go bear stuff and the, and the coronavirus and everything else. Like remember right after that happened, that's when the first Mitchell go bear arguments that started right, right then and there. And that's really when the talk picked up about Mitchell and what he was going to do. So I'm not surprised. And then the second we knew Gobert was traded and I mean, the second we saw Wendy who is immortalized forever because of this jazz rant, I feel like mm-hmm. it's been just an if or not a when, not an if about Donovan Mitchell. Then we're starting to see the reports about Danny Ainge doesn't think he can lead a franchise and all this other stuff. It's like, we we've seen this road before and it, it just feels inevitable at this point, but it's weird because I don't like any of these suitors really. Like, honestly, it feels like a, a no brainer that it's going to be Miami because they're really the only team that can make it work cleanly with the way the con, which this new rule, not new rule, but the rule we found out about last year with the rookie extensions and everything else. Like, I guess yeah. it's different with Bam than it is with, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, how he can just get sent to Miami, but not Brooklyn is one of the teams we were talking about here. Um, but it just feels like that is the place. And then the rumor today came out that the Knicks are not very interested in moving RJ Barrett. And I wouldn't move Donovan Mitchell unless RJ Barrett is included in that. So it really feels like it's Miami bidding against themselves at this point, because who else is, who else would be, is there any of besides those three teams? Like those are the three that everybody's talking about. And, and honestly, I feel like the nets are just mentioned because we're waiting for this Kevin Durant trade. And it's like, oh, well, you know, these stars both need to go some places. Like, there's got to be somewhere where this dude can go. Yeah, I mean, I guess that the the rumors I've been seeing is just to keep a close eye on the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell over the next few days. 
But that's that's kind of where my mind went right away was R.J. Barrett, I feel like, has to be a part of that deal if that's the team yeah. that ultimately Mitchell would end up on. And then again, yeah, we see another rumor comes out that R.J., you know, the Knicks don't seem to be willing to move R.J. at all. And, you know, do I think that's smart? Yeah, because I think he's the best guy that they have on their team right now. He's someone who they can build around. He's someone who's going to improve year by year. Um, He's already shown that. But, you know, if you're trying to get a guy like Mitchell, he's probably the guy you have to make up. Like, I don't know. Like, does does a package with quickly Randall, Mitchell, Robinson, and picks, does that get it done for Donovan Mitchell? Obviously, that's I something mean, I, you would, have to ask Danny Would you Ainge, do it? I don't know. I don't I think I feel like so. with the millions of picks, it might be the, the biggest thing. And they have all their yeah. picks. Because clearly Danny wants Victor Wembanyama. Like that's he's trying to enter the Wembenyana sweepstakes. He saw he sees the Thunder's stockpile of picks and is like, well, I need a I need to get within striking distance of that to make moves next year. The better tanking move to me would be to pick up Randall as the centerpiece of this than Barrett because I think RJ Barrett's an actual piece to build around. You know my feelings about Julius Randall, but it also the money works too. Like it works almost. It's pretty damn close. I don't know their exact contract numbers right now, but it's pretty probably pretty close. Um, to what they would need to match up with that that would do it for me if i was utah um obviously but the knicks or if i was the knicks but if i'm utah is it better to get randall or tyler hero like that's really that might be what it comes down to too and honestly there's an argument to be made i think there for either of those guys yeah and yeah that's a good point i guess it ultimately comes down to like what is utah's angle here what is what is their mo if they do dish mitchell is it are they trying to rebuild and then completely blow it up and tank this year or you know yeah i I have here and i have no idea if the heat would be willing to do this but if the heat somehow send butler and hero to utah and like you know, it, it's worked out some some way on either side where where that makes sense. Like, are, are the Jazz interesting at that point if they have a Butler hero, and then you know whoever else on their squad, and kind of go from there? Like, I don't I don't know. It, it, it does seem like the Jazz are probably going for a rebuild, especially how many picks they got in return for Gobert. But yeah, I, I just I just have I just don't really know what what Danny Ange is expecting in return and what some of these teams are willing to give up for a guy like Mitchell. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And I feel like it, the domino that has to drop is still the KD thing. And who the fuck knows what's going on with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving at this point. Um, If you want to transition into that, we're back here again, Nets talk again. But now the every the well-sourced Brian Windhorse that we just referenced before, um, Christian Winfield, who has been incredible on the Nets beat all year long, Scoop Robinson, another guy been incredible on the Nets beat, and Dave McNenamin, who was a target on the internet because apparently he's dating Malika Andrews, and uh, that did not go over well with NBA Twitter. Let's just go with that. <laughs> um, all have basically said in some way or another that Katie and Kyrie are prepared to just come back to Brooklyn and run it back next season. And... It's like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Yeah, we're quite, quite literally moving backwards um, in, in a lot of different ways. And also, like, we, we touched on this last week as a possibility because out of nowhere, Shams went on the Pat McAfee show and kind of touched on this. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you're the dude with all the information. Everyone's waiting on you every single day to, to see what you have to say. And you start your rant by saying, you know, it's still the Suns are the preferred destination for KD and the Lakers and LeBron really want Kyrie there. They're not really focused on anyone else. Oh, and yeah, it, it looks like the Nets are actually constructing the roster as if both those guys are coming back. So maybe <laughs> we should have seen this coming when Shams kind of threw it in our face last oh, week. Lord. But it's like, what is this whole – and it doesn't surprise me from Kyrie, but like what is this whole hullabaloo with – KD and Kyrie, like, what is all this for then if they're both just going to return? And 
I mean, you can't tell me that the the team chemistry is going to be better next year than it was last year if they just return. Like, it's not going to be all hunky dory at this point, I would imagine, anyway. Well, you got to look at the timing of it now, too, because basically, when we basically after we found out Kyrie was getting Max deal and then opted in, was when Durant requested the trade, right? Or and and so, right, that's the right order. I'm. Kyrie opted in before the trade request came in. So the second, if if Kevin got wins at some point that he wasn't getting the full max offer or whatever else, maybe it was a it's a leverage play to get bring Kyrie back. And these guys are actually as tight as they still have been. We know they've been working out in LA together during this whole process. We've seen millions, I mean not millions, that's a big exaggeration, but there have been plenty of videos. It's not hard to find video of them playing five on five this summer together already. So there's still some relationship there. And it anytime anytime reporters start talking about like rest, wrestlers, I almost said wrestlers because that also came up the other day too. Wrestlers, basketball <laughs> players, football players, any like team dynamic relationship stuff, I always try to take it with a grain of salt because it's like, how you do you, know, you don't know who, you don't know if these guys are like texting, you don't know if they're on Xbox together. You don't know if they're texting each other like every day, even though they don't hang out all the time. Like, what it, they don't know like those little things about it. So yeah, maybe Katie and Kyrie didn't spend as much time together this year. You want to know what? Ky- Kyrie wasn't vaccinated. Maybe Katie yeah. was just like, or it still isn't. Maybe he was just like, I'm just not going to take as many chances. As, as, it could be as simple as something like that. But clearly there's still some kind of communication between them on what they want to do be- with the stuff that's coming out today. And clearly they still have some kind of relationship because they've been together working out like they're not mortal enemies that can't be in the same room together at the very least so i kind of just feel like we all got got bamboozled a little bit and that really it was Kyrie and katie just controlling every little bit about it which also makes a lot of sense because we know shams is base is texting Kyrie. like he's just sending what Kyrie is telling him to send at this point yeah it's pretty apparent that they, he has a direct line into either Kyrie directly or somebody in his life. And he was the one directing all this too. So it just feels like it's a LeBron move. It's it's a control, control the narrative, control the media, control the cycle of it, everything. And here we are. It, was, it, it feels like it was just leverage of everything. But if they're running it back next year, man, oh my God. I just, it's going to be such a whirlwind. And I I think that's the best move as far as like their best chance to win, their best chance to have the best constructed lineup. But again, it just comes down to that chemistry. Like, is is it going to work? It didn't work last year, clearly in a lot of different ways. Then you throw Ben Simmons into the mix, who could not be in a more different situation than these two guys. I mean, he hasn't played in two years he's kind of waiting eager doesn't have control of his destiny whatsoever he's basically like he needs to play or he's going to get no respect from any team whereas Kyrie and KD are these you know gods with basketballs as they like to refer to themselves and can pretty much you know even if it doesn't look like the market is as high as um, the, the Nets wanted to be for Kevin Durant. It's He's still Kevin Durant. Everyone would still love to have him on his team. Kyrie Irving, maybe you're not willing to pay that much to have him on your team. Maybe you don't want to give him a long-term deal if you're some of these teams across the league. But most teams would also love to have Kyrie Irving on your team. I mean, we're talking about two of the top five talents in the NBA when they're on the court. So it, it really is just crazy. And that's a good point you bring up. Like... It, was this just them leveraging for themselves that that would be nuts like and it would make sense for the Kyrie part but Durant what more does he really have to leverage because he already has the the four-year contract but was he just helping out Kyrie so he can stay happy and they can ultimately win a championship together yeah just like a public like just like bro I got your back like a type deal as much as anything else like I will like I'll ask for this trade because I'm unhappy of how they treated you, even if I'm not really that upset. But like and, Ka- and Katie's done that for Kyrie throughout the last couple of years. There's been multiple occasions yeah. where he's covered for Kyrie. So it wouldn't be a surprise in that sense either. And we've never heard there hasn't been one rumor about what KD is unhappy about. 
all we got was the trade request and then nothing. It's been radio silence. Yeah. We haven't had any leak or any story that, you know, Kevin Durant is upset with Joe Sai or Kevin Durant is upset with Sean Marks or Kevin Durant's upset with Kyrie Irving. None of that's come out. It's literally just been the trade request and then just let the machine go. Let 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 first take sit there and talk about it for the next two weeks. Like there's been no other leaks regarding what Kevin wants. And that's where it really becomes fishy for to me too. Because usually if you're actually upset and things aren't happening, how we've seen this play out is the leaks continue or at least one in the last two weeks. And there's been nothing from Kevin. So it's just, it's very interesting. Yeah. And I, th I think something that, you know, we could be glossing over and everyone is, is like, what about Steve Nash too? Like he's, I don't believe that him and Ka definitely him and Kyrie did not have a strong relationship you, to last year. Did you see the Cam Thomas video? I didn't. The no. other day, uh, Cam Thomas, an interview after, after the summer league game and someone, I don't remember who was interviewing him, but asked him about, about Steve Nash wanting to um, have him, you know, look to pat, look to be like something about being a playmaker as well as a scorer or something like that. And Cam Thomas very clearly just rolled his eyes on TV and then said something like kind of sad. I don't remember what the exact quote was. I'll try to find it here quick. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't uh, what you would want to see from a young player responding to their head coach's coaching. Yeah, and kind of it pr probably something along the lines of, well, you know, the other point guards and ball handlers on this team aren't really yeah. past first guys. Like, why should I be? All right, I, I, it's funny you say that. I saw a quote from Goran Dragic right before we hopped on here that he was um, kind of unhappy and basically said last year, like, it was almost impossible to play team ball with guys like Kyrie and Kyrie. Katie and Kyrie on the team. <laughs> so it's basically you know, the other guards Kyrie. that play with these guys are just right. just a little unhappy here. Let's see. Can let me know. So I'm glad I made her one of them. I was talking to your head coach Steve Nash before the game, and he was saying he's encouraging you both to look for your shots, but to look for your teammates as well. You had seven assists. You laughed there. Why, why are we laughing? It is what it is. <laughs> How much <are> you intentional? <laughs> it's not great. It's not not Whoa, good. Whoa, definitely <laughs> not a good look. Also, just like called out on spot and is what it is. Like, it is what, what is it that? Is. Exactly. That's that was the what I was looking for. That's not a great response either. Not a not an encouraging response. All right. We without further ado, we have a special guest tagging in here late late running here. Slick hot out. tag baby. What's hot up, boys? Go oh, in what's here, up, Slick. Thanks for having me. Slick, do you think that Katie and Kyrie just worked all of MB all of the NBA and are actually just going back to the Nets? Because that's what we kind of ended up back at. That look of disgust right away from Slick. He's like, yeah, God damn. You know how much I love talking about this, right? Um, <laughs> I think I think we could have gotten a work from Kyrie, but you know, that's one dude you really never know what's going on with. That's uh, true. I, I believe KD wants out. I really do. I th as much as he's about drama, him, as much drama as he brings himself, he claims he's not about the drama. So in that aspect, I think he's serious when he says he wants out of Brooklyn. I think to him it's just become a little bit much of a circus. And I do believe reports that we're hearing that maybe teams are just declining Brooklyn's asking That's price true. for a 34-year-old injury-prone KD. And, um, you know, whether they can bring down that price, w will they accept that or will they keep him under contract? I don't know. I think if it's a guy like Kevin Durant, you got to keep him pleased. Um, I don't think he would really play for you if you kept him under contract. So I don't think you have much of a choice with a guy <laughs> like that. But I could I could see Kyrie returning, but it's really up in the air because that dude is all over the place and I have no idea what goes through his head on a daily basis. And it's almost ridiculous sometimes what I think he's up to. So it's always a mystery. Always a mystery. <laughs> Go ahead, Dunn. I think yeah, I think another another thing that we're not ignoring here, but it's you can't help but it's like when people say it's uh like a about a car accident. 
it's like it's so bad you have to keep looking. Like I feel like this LeBron Westbrook other piece of the puzzle here is something that we can't ignore because like what ha what happens if Kyrie does stay put? I feel like LeBron's kind of banking on the Lakers somehow getting Kyrie to LA and Westbrook out the door. Like there really is, is, you know, talk about some uh, things that were unveiling from summer league. I saw a video of LeBron and Russ at the same summer league game the other day, and they could not have been on more opposite sides of the gym from one another. And mm. like, maybe that's a coincidence. Maybe this is us digging a little no too way. deep. Like, no way. <laughs> like everyone <laughs> likes to, but like, it is a little strange if you're, you're a teammate, you're, you know, the superstar small forward on your team and, star point guard just are completely not interacting with one another at your team's summer league game it's a little strange i'm not going to buy into it too much but i'm just bringing up the fact that we can't forget about those two guys they're involved in this what if Kyrie just returns to brooklyn then i, I think that shakes up a lot in la like i think westbrook wants to be in la but i think he probably sees lebron asking for Kyrie. how is that relationship we saw that there was some chatter on the sideline between those two and AD at the end of last season when thing, things were looking bad. They have a new coach, obviously. The roster's a little different, but not much better. I, I think this whole Brooklyn situation, if it stays the same, LA is actually the one who's hurting. Yeah, well, the Lakers are just... Uh... They're pro they're just waiting, like right, like they're just they're literally just like, ah, well, maybe we'll get Kyrie, maybe we won't. Like it's just the Lakers are oh my god, such a mess. But I don't think it's too much to read into the fact that um Russ and LeBron were not together at Summer League. Like those guys are just showing up for public appearances anyways. And the fact that they can't even be bothered to sit next to each other or anything. Even just like LeBron, man of optics too. Like LeBron's always worried about what it looks like in the public to think. So it is it it is what it is, as Cam Thomas would say. Any other summer league thoughts, Dunny? Slick? Ooh. Yeah, I got a couple slick. You want, do you have anything on summer I was league? just gonna shout out Matt Ryan for that buzzer beater the other <laughs> night. Oh my god. That was was that game electric or what? Oh man, the best summer yeah, league they, game I've watched in a while, and even during the summer, the Celtics still own the Bucks. It seems like so that's <laughs> always a good sign. Uh, go ahead though, Donnie. No, yeah, the Celtics. Yes, a few guys on their squad have been encouraging Matt Ryan. Actually, cool story. He actually just got um, a three-year deal deal here with the Celtics. He was on a two-way contract last. Um, last year and before that i think a year and a half ago maybe two years ago now at this point he was actually driving for doordash for for his occupation Damn. here he wow. is now hitting um buzzer beaters in the summer league and yeah um oh i was actually incorrect he hasn't he hasn't signed a deal yet that was sam hauser on the celtics but um yeah i mean he's he's for, certainly making a name for himself certainly one of the stands out uh standout players on the celtic summer league team that game that Slick was referring to, he shot 6 of 11 from 3, uh, and I think he was team high 24 points, maybe even game high 24 points, and then obviously the buzzer beater that Slick is talking about. So Sick. Celtics have been fun to watch. I think something that I wanted to bring up, Jake, and I know, I know you're in agreement with this, but just the whole – everyone in general overreacting to just summer league as a whole – but how about the first few games of Chad Holmgren, man? Like, if this is going to be this dude's rookie year, like, we, the NBA Twitter world is just due to be annoyed all season. Yeah. You know, regardless yeah. of where you sit on, if you, you know, if you're super high on Chet, if you're somewhere in the middle, if you don't like Chet, like, man, oh, man, it is, it, it's hard to take Summer League for what it is because of, you know, the, difference in talent like you have these guys who are lottery picks going up against guys who might not even ever see the nba for yeah and then we're, we're already you know saying chet's a shoe in for rookie of the year this i don't know i i just think the whole overreaction to a lot of different things in summer league has been crazy and then most notably it's it's the chad holmgren show or at least it was for the first couple of days of summer league. um I always like to think that summer league can break you, but it can't make you for all these guys. Like the good mm. players should be 
should be like looking good. Like they're they're playing against their peers, and if they're top picks, like they've been better than these guys for the last I don't know six seven years of their youth development. If they're in the U.S. and wherever else, uh, so I, it's good to see. Like it's not that nothing's what Chet's doing. It Chet's doing what he was basically doing at Gonzaga. I mean, stat wise, he has a more in his bag than I thought than I think a lot of people thought, honestly, which is one of the biggest surprising things. But maybe it was just the fact that he was like the fifth option on Gonzaga last year too, and really didn't need to be the thing. The one thing I do think we could take about the Chet hype is the connection with Giddy is real. Like those mm-hmm. two clearly have some sort of chem- magical chemistry that's already started within this first couple of games. And we know how talented of a passer and playmaker Giddy was not in the summer league level in the NBA level last year in his first year. So I can't wait to see what he does when he has a weapon like Chet on the floor with him and that's one of the enticing things I was going to say. But it, is, it has been the summer league of Chet. But Paolo got shut down because he was dominating too much, too. He's averaging a slick, no no pun intended, but a nice little 26-5 and five in his first couple games there in summer league. Paolo just looks like exactly what we thought coming out of Duke, is that he was ready to step in the league and become a scorer right away. And that's what he looks like again in summer league. Yeah, for sure. It, um, you make great points, Jake. And Paolo balling and people overreacting to the Magic, taking him out after what he played two games, right? Two games, yeah. It's like, so. yo, it's summer league. Chill exactly. out. They're like, we've seen enough. That is we, the we number one overall pick. Like, he, he can rest. It's cool. But, um, yeah, I, th- I love the make or break point. Uh, it, it can break you, but it can't make you. I think that's a perfect thing for the chat situation. And you brought up Giddy as well. That's going to be a great duo. The Thunder are going to really enjoy that young duo to build a core around. And sure. although I think Chet has impressed me in the summer league, I think he should soak it up while he can because come week one, he's going to, I think there's going to, before the end of week one, he's going to have at least three welcome to the league moments. Oh my God. And I stand I by wait. this. I'm not saying he's going to have a bad year. By no means am I saying he's going to win rookie of the year. I just think <laughs> he's going to have a huge wake-up call when he starts going against these four and fives that start in the NBA on a game basis. I can't yeah, wait to all, see that man against like Embiid or Giannis or something. Right? It's just going to be abuse, assault. Yeah, it's, it's also the confidence thing. Like, Regardless of him showing out a little bit in summer league, it's also like him putting the target on his back before he was even drafted. Right. Saying that you know, not only does he think That's he's true. the best player in the draft, he thinks he's the best player in the league. Which is great. Have that confidence, but like be be willing to take whatever's coming your way because mm-hmm. as Slick said, I'm in agreement, man. I think it's coming. It doesn't mean I'm not, you know, rooting for him to be good. I do think his he's a little overhyped right now. But you know, let let him be be in control of that narrative. We'll see how it plays out. I definitely do think he's putting on a target on his back a little bit, though. For sure. You know um, how many petty players there are in the NBA that oh, are going to yeah. remember that statement when they're going yep. against Chet Holgram for the first time? Oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. oh man. It's ridiculous. They're waiting for that. Speaking I'm, of that, Danny, the- we're t- oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just, I just had one last uh, summer league thought. I don't know if what you're about to say was also uh, no, summer, summer league, league related. related. So go ahead. But I, I just kind of love what the Pistons are doing, dude. It, it, it kind of seems like they're building a new era of bad boys. And, you know, obviously that's way too early to compare it to that. Team. I'm not doing that. I just kind of mean, like, this, they have a swagger to them. And it, and it's really apparent. Like, you had Jane and Ivy balling out at Summer League. And then Cade and Sadiq Bey were both both sidelines sitting next to each other. Not like Russ and LeBron. They were actually... <laughs> in unity cheering on Jay and Ivy like he, I think he had an and one and like ran up to both of them and like dapped them up on the sideline it just looks like they're they're building a culture there and you know I, I'm a little happy for Detroit fans because it's been a while since they've you know had anything really to be happy about now they have like this super young nucleus of a core um and the only other thing I want to say to that because I brought him up Sadiq Bay. I don't know if you guys heard this Oh, yeah. He was actually training so hard and so much in the gym that Pistons coaches and executives had to ask him to like slow down his regiment, maybe go on vacation, <laughs> take a little rest. 
So he took that as I'm going to start doing training on mountains and just work on my cardiovascular. And he's been like hiking and like running up the side of mountains to get in better shape. So yeah, if you're a Detroit awesome. fan, be be excited for Sadiq Bay this upcoming season. I think he followed on that and was like, I just like being off the grid. There's something peaceful about it. I That's was like, awesome. this guy's I was That's like, this awesome. guy's dangerous. And I just wanted to touch on what you were saying too, Dunny, with the young core to be excited about. You kind of saw that that was coming even during, believe it or not, the NBA finals when you had Cade Cunningham and a couple of his teammates, or was it the Eastern Conference Finals? They were in attendance at the one game, watching together. I don't remember, but yeah. That's just taking in and studying good basketball and wanting to know yeah. what it takes to get to that level. That's a great sign to see out of a guy coming off his rookie year, especially with his young teammates, looking to build, looking to be better, and looking to see what it takes. All this is my worst nightmare i hate the pistons so much <laughs> this makes me so sad but i love kate cunningham and and Jaden ivy both of them and it's, it's just it's very painful to hear all this but i echo everything you guys are saying i can't disagree great duo there i was gonna say great duo in chet holmgren and josh giddy but they haven't matched up to ours dunny that we have a list here slick you didn't come mm. prepared with this homework i'm assuming so you're gonna just be our you're gonna be our muse here we put together Sweet our top five duos in the NBA. Um, me and Dunny have a, a pretty similar list, it looks like here, but we do have one very key difference. Um, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, you can start. Let, let's read through. Five to one, we got to go. Five to one. Sure. Yeah, we got to go okay. five to one. My number five is LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Have to put them there. If Anthony Davis is healthy, I always have that caveat. That should be the number one duo. That was their plan. Obviously, it hasn't worked out that way, but it's still LeBron James. So, and he's not, I don't think he's slowing down. And listen, those videos, AD, those, that shot looks good. There was another one up today. I love that. I love that Lethal, that he started posting those like immediately after the internet yelled at him for saying he wasn't shooting. And now it's yeah, like once a week. We just get all since April. <laughs> Yeah, right, dude. Give me a break. And now every week, there's just a consistent video of him taking, like, the easiest jumpers in the world. <laughs> That's my And that one. typical bad, hype caption from Lethal Shooter, like, he's putting in the work he's in the gym at 4 a.m. Yeah. sharp on the dot. <laughs> like, dude, you say that about every dude. Do you, do you want me to go with my number five, or do you want to... Yeah, wanna let's go back and forth here. Yours. Okay. My number five is KD and Kyrie, but there's an asterisk on it because, you know, up until today, we were thinking these guys definitely aren't going to be together next year. So if they do get split up, my number five is Embiid and Harden. Um, they, they would take that spot over if KD and Kyrie pick. weren't together. So KD and Kyrie bearing their both on the nets. If not, Embiid and Harden going into next season. It's not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. My number four was also KD and Kyrie. So I won't go on that pretty further. Pretty state, straightforward there. If they're together, they're one of the top five duos in the league. If it was, if, with your caveat though, if they are not together, I really wanted to put Devin Booker and Chris Paul on this list somewhere. So I think they would slide into here, there. And that's as much of a Devin Booker thing as it is anybody else. I just think that he is, um, he's just a super duper star and is only going to get better. Um, thought about Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, but felt like a Ooh. little bit early for that. A little bit, a little bit early yeah. for that, but monitoring that one. Um, and I know you've got your number four here too. So, yeah, my number four is AD and LeBron. So our, <laughs> our lists are are super similar. But yeah, same kind of thing. Like when when AD is healthy, and you know you don't have to say much about LeBron here. They uh, you know, they already accomplished what they wanted to. Of course, I think. I think they're hungry for more, but, you know, they already have the one championship together. Say what you want about it being in the bubble, but they were dominant that season, um, and they were dominant in the bubble as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not not really much of an explanation. I will say this was, you know, I, I, I had a gripe with Bleacher Report's list that they put out about their top duos because it was pretty egregious, but this was this was harder than I thought. But, yeah, AD and hard. LeBron are my, are my number four. My number three are your boys, 
both of your boys, the Jays, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, Great. Pick. I mean, I, I could have put, I thought about putting them higher, thought about putting them lower. I feel like three is the perfect spot. They complement each other as wings that like to have the ball. I can't believe how well they still complement each other. And they still did in the, all the way through the finals and everything else. They're Not unlike any they're only other getting duo better. really on the list. They really are. Like. It, they Fire really and are. Ice is the perfect nickname I've heard for them. It's because that's what it is. <laughs> because it's, one because one shoots for thirty points and one has ten. Hey, hey, all right, all right. That's <laughs> not exactly what I meant, but <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume Dunny's got him higher than three. But I he does have he does have them potentially higher than three. Okay, we'll go with his number three though, because his number three is not on my list at all. Yeah, and it was hard for me to keep him off the list. It was very, very hard, and I probably should. This would be interesting. Him. Yeah, and this is where it got tough. Ex- excuse me, I'm uh, dying live on the air just with a sneeze <laughs> attack. But um, I have Steph and Clay at my my three. Um, I, I think there that you I just had to put him in the air because of the legacy, because of the championship. Um, this year it was tough because obviously. Like seventy percent of this duo is Steph, and now anyway, because Clay obviously wasn't the same. We saw flashes in the finals, but I really thought by the finals he was going to be that consistent shooting guard, that consistent second splash brother again. He wasn't quite there, but I mean these guys are just so legendary. I thought, it, and they came off the championship. Like I said, I thought I would be be doing them a disservice not having them in my top five for duos. I didn't want to. It hurt me a little bit, but I, I, I felt it was only fair. So, yes, Steph and Clay are my number three duos. Jake, I, I loved your number three duos, by the way. Yeah, well, I figured you would like that one. You knew I was going to have him in there at some point. Our number twos are the same. So, you, can I, can I do the honors here and go with our number twos? And then we'll get to our much different number ones. We both have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as our number two duos. And if Kawhi Leonard, who yesterday on the timeline, smiling in Clippers gear, practicing, ready, looks ready Saw to come that. back next year. Um, PG's awesome again this year, honestly. Like he's, I, there were multiple times where I took back my like, Paul Slander over the last year. He was he really carried them until he got hurt. Um, and he was great in the playoffs too before they got bounced by the Suns. So this team, just their roster is easily the deepest in the NBA, I think. Donnie made that point very well last week on the pod. It's kind of scary that they how many options they, they're going to have supporting these two, but these two could play on a team with a bunch of scrubs and still be one of the best duos in the league. So the fact that they have this roster with them, terrifying. Oh, yeah, yeah I was see... really... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I was going to ask if you guys saw John Wall's comment the other day when he's like, so you mean to tell me the <laughs> third best defender on a team has to cover me? Good luck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I also saw someone reply with like a very situational video of someone's maybe like third or fourth best defender absolutely locking him up on one ISO play. <laughs> but like, it's like, dude, you're looking for the needle in the haystack there and you found it. Like, congrats. I don't know. Yeah. I, I agree with him. Like, any third best defender is going to have a – they're going to have a tough game guarding John Wall for 30-plus minutes. The, the dude is just insane. He's fast. He's, he sh- showed the flashes of it in Houston. Like, he's still John Wall. Um, I think adding to that duo, I was just going to comment on the fact that you guys have that as number two duo in the league, and then you add a guy like John Wall. Now you got a big three – with what you were just saying is also one of the deepest teams and yeah. arguably the deepest team in the NBA. So, like, hello, Western Conference. The Clippers are right back in the They're conversation. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, um, you know, this is this is where it got weird for me to put in Kawhi and PG, too. I mean, it, it was somewhat of an easy choice, but at the same time, it was like, okay, I have – LeBron and AD kind of lower down on my list because of AD's injury. But at the same time, Kawhi hasn't played in like nearly we're going on like Over close year, to two yeah. years because because of injury. But we know who Kawhi is and like it was kind of a freak thing. He has been pretty pretty durable for most of his career. Definitely more durable than AD. Um 
And just like these two between the defense and both both sides of the ball for both of these guys, it, it was hard to leave them out. And I'm anticipating a big season out of both of them. Um, and honestly, I don't know. I was actually just going to say something crazy. I, I think, no, I think I'll stand by that. I think I think Kawhi and PG healthy, AD and LeBron healthy right now starting a, a season. I think I'm taking Kawhi and PG, honestly. I don't know if that's that crazy. I was also going to say, too, Anthony Davis didn't also previously miss a full year and then come back and win a championship it's with true. a new yeah. team. So, like, that might factor into how you look at who's coming back from injury. But, no, I don't think that's too crazy a statement either. I I think with LeBron's age right now and AD's inconsistency, I I would second that. Agreed. Agreed. So, Donnie, uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? You go first. All right. So my number one duo, big surprise here for everyone, <laughs> Jalen Brown oh. and Jason Tatum. And the reason I have these two guys, it's honestly similar to why I have Kawhi and PG at number two. These two duos, to me, are the most impressive because there's not a point guard in, involved and there's not a big man involved. These are just two, like, you know, if you want to consider Brown and PG big guards, then they're big guards. But they're they're pretty much both just wings forwards who are very good at defending the perimeter and playing offense on the perimeter. Um, and, and I think that's super rare in today's NBA. I think Jalen and Jason do it better than anyone else. Um, like Slick said, fire and ice. They just they complement each other very well. Both have unreal scoring bags. I mean, I, I think people who don't watch the Celtics all the time don't realize that Jalen is pretty much just as skilled as Jason offensively. Um, both fantastic shooters, only getting better every year from the three-point line, and then I mean, we saw it all year long. The Celtics had the best defense, and these two were the reason they made it to the NBA Finals and were just two games shy of uh, bringing home the trophy. So, yeah, I got I got Jalen and Jason number one. I think the, the impressive season they had last year, their youth, their durability, and just, you know, how good of scorers and defenders they are, it, it was a no-brainer for me to put them there. It's a tough argument to make. I mean, I had him three, so it's not like I'm I'm slacking with him. But I don't know yeah. how you didn't have this man on the list. It, it's Giannis oh, and Drew Holiday for me. I know. It's and Ooh. it's it's Giannis and Drew because Middleton's out hurt and he's been it was hurt in the off last season too. And I just love Drew Holiday, but Giannis still for me far and away, maybe not far and away, but the best player in the league really to me. So dominant at his peak. I just have to put him number one, and he's got good. He's got great sidekicks in Holiday and Middleton. I think pick either one of those guys and pair him with Giannis, and they'd still be number one for me. I, I just Giannis. That's just how I feel about Giannis at this point. I didn't think I'd ever get there this convincingly, but I would pick him number one on my list for quite a while now. No, it takes some gargantuan effort to get him out of that number one spot at this point. Yeah, it was um, it was tough not to to take a Giannis duo here. I think if I would have, I, I mean, I like your explanation of why you didn't take Middleton just because the injury and like you know just kind of leaving that alone. We didn't we didn't really see it at the end of last season them two playing together, and we did see Giannis and Drew have a respectable playoff run um with one another. My whole thing is I, I think Giannis is probably the best player in either of our lists, right? And I think mm -hmm. I can agree with that. But and this is why I kind of wanted to leave out Steph and Clay, but had to put them in my on my list. Like to me, Clay and Drew are by far the two worst players on this list. And I honestly think Drew might be even have the advantage on Clay right now. Mm -hmm. Um so that that was just my whole thing. It was like I just don't know if Drew holds up his end of the bargain to be considered you know or at least to be with these guys in the duo um in the duos list but I, I agree man i mean Giannis is good enough where he can get anyone who's playing alongside him on, on this list of best duos so i, I like the pick i just it, it was hard for me to find a spot to throw him in here can't argue with that slick any anybody that we didn't mention that you wanted to put on there oh yeah, I you guys did a pretty damn good job. Um, 
I'm maybe, trying to think, like if you wanted Butler and Bam, that's somebody I, that you, you could have put in there. That was the only one that I was thinking might make one of your lists that didn't. But other than that, uh, the variations were great, and you guys summed up the explanations perfectly. I do agree with everything Donnie said in regards to the Giannis take. I don't know. Um, just uh, even the playoff performance, you know, you saw Drew fall off a bit offensively, but he makes up for it on the defensive end, regardless of what he's doing uh, down the other way of the floor. But yeah, I think Bam and Jimmy's probably the only one that I would maybe give an honorable mention to there. And um, yeah, I think other than that, you guys did a pretty good job ranking. I agree with the take of LeBron and AD at five, though, I think. Uh, you know, we could go up from there. I'm a bit biased, but so what? <laughs> yeah, I think, Jake, I like that you mentioned Booker and Paul, too. I think if True. I had a, a little bit of an honor mention, honorable mentions uh, section, I would have thrown yeah. them in. And the only one, I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to throw them in the honorable mention category, not in the duo list. And this is someone that Bleacher Report had, and they – Bleacher Report's list didn't even have the Jays on it, so I, I don't even want to keep bringing it up. But <laughs> yeah, that's they did have list. they did have Jokic and Jamal Murray, and I don't really think Murray's at star level. And all these other guys, it's kind of like that's star like with heroes, my right? my theory with with Giannis basically is that Jokic is just so much that good. Yeah, his side. So I get it because that, like yeah. his second best player, Murray, is really good, and they play really well together. But another thing, like, yeah, he didn't play um, this, you know, this past season. He's banged up. Uh, we haven't seen the two of them play for a while. But we know how good Jokic is. We know how good Murray can be. Like, if it's down 3-1 Jamal Murray and Jokic, like, they, they probably True. make their way into my list. Um, but, yeah, I just – I wanted to mention those two. That, that's just another duo that came to mind. I like the Bam and Butler thing, too. Um probably not as good as some of these other duos that's why they're not on the list but yeah sure. i think those are really the only other guys i you, can think of you just want Jake, you just said uh, go ahead I, I was just gonna say you said too um it might be a bit too early but you could also make an argument for anthony edwards and carl anthony towns for sure yeah, yeah. i think so cat and go bear so. <laughs> yeah, the, the twin towers <laughs> my gosh oh I, I I thought about Garland and Mobley, but I feel like that was a little bit too early too. Oh, please. they're right there, they're right there. <laughs> oh, um, uh, do you want to go crazy backwards for a sec, Jake? I don't know if you saw this. What's up? But we did start the show with the Utah Jazz. You just made me think of it, bringing up your Cavaliers there. No, I it's saw... not happening. It's not happening. You don't Mike think Conley. that's real, Mike Conley? Yeah. There's no shot. I will literally. I don't even, you don't even, you haven't seen me. What's so the report? In my life. I don't it's know the, the Jazz have talked about trying to send Mike Conley in a Colin Sexton tr- sign and trade. Sign and trade. Now, mind deal. you, the words from that are the Jazz have talked about it. And yeah. that's where the key is, is because there's no, the Cavs could not be that stupid. You saw Mike Conley play in the playoffs. Everybody's talking about that man being washed. And he's got another year after this. He's twenty-four million this year and twenty-six million next year. We're finally about to get rid of Kevin Love's thirty million. We can't bring on Mike Conley's twenty-six for next year. There's no I was way. waiting for you to say oh. Mike Conley and for Colin Sexton, but no, <laughs> no, it has to be more. Trade, it, has yeah. to, it would have to. Be. Don't know about that. Yeah, it would have to right. be Love included in it with Sexton, and it would have to be like Bogdanovich. Like I don't even know who else. Fucking honestly, take off give Pat me Bev? Mitchell. Just give us Mitch. That's what I want. I want Donovan Mitchell for Colin Sexton, and we'll give you yeah. some stuff. That's wow. what I'm hoping That's... happens, not the other way around. Yes, thank you for bringing up the comedy thing because my friend sent that to me in a group chat, and my first text was just one word, and it was gross. That's yeah. how I felt immediately. No, I, I knew so this is how you would feel about it. I oh. meant to bring it up at the top. I forgot. Um oh. Yeah, no, yeah, it just no. it doesn't really make sense for the cat. I like that you emphasize that it. it says the Utah Jazz are interested in this because <laughs> especially the Cavs brought back Rubio. Like they have Yeah, we don't need two washed guard. old point yeah. guards. Like, no, please. Especially no. with what they're going with in terms of a future. Could you core, imagine you know? Rubio and Conley on the floor together? That would be absolutely horrible. It, it would, would look like LeBron and D Wade on the floor together. It would have been pretty sick in twenty fourteen, but uh. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like LeBron and D Wade on the Cavs. Like it was sick in 2013, but like eh, yeah. now we're like, all right, what are we doing in Cleveland here, boys? Uh, it would win. Yeah. The, it would win though. It would win casual Cavs fans because he's an Ohio State boy, though. That's the thing that it would do, True. and that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the the hometown factor, but no, they can't do it. All right, anything else before we go, boys? I do want to send us out on just some craziness that I actually saw this earlier and just resurfaced again here. Um, Just for, you know, if if you think you're a crazy NBA fan, uh, just just hold this guy's beer because a better has reportedly placed a $10,000 wager on the Kings to win the 2023 (laughs) NBA championship. That payout for a 10K bet would be $7.5 million. Jeez. So uh, shooting right. for the stars. Let's go, Kings, I would, baby. Yeah, I, I would say there's not a snowball's wow. chance in hell, but I also do like a crazy future. So are the Kings making it out of the West? Tune I thought the Kings were back for out. six years, so maybe this year's the year. I love a crazy future, but, man, 10K, it's a lot that's of just, money. That's just hook shot and 10K into the garbage, bro. You'd, it'd be a good future if you were looking at a 10K payout on a King's future. I <laughs> yeah. don't know about putting 10K down, Jesus, but I mean, hurt. $7 million. Unbelievable. I'm not going to tell somebody no. I'm not going to tell them where to put their own money, but, man, uh, good luck, Charlie. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a great way, man. Shout out to you, man. Shout out yeah, to you. Yeah, like whatever you're doing, you're probably <laughs> doing okay you. in life if you got 10K you. to put on the Kings. So I exactly. think you'll be all right. But wow. Yeah, the confidence wow. is unreal. And that's I respect crazy. that. I do. I do too. All right. That's it for Happy Hour Hoops. Thank you, Slick L. As always, Donovan Thank Holden you, here with Jake Micah. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Follow us at Happy Hour Hoops. Follow us at Trainwreck Spurts. No oh, oh there. We gotta figure that out. Someone's gotta we gotta get this. It's like my thing, slick. I told you, maybe I told Dunny. I told Dunny one time. At Jake Micah has been taken since I like for so long. And the dude hasn't tweeted since 2011. So I just go oh, and report geez. him like all the time. <laughs> just hoping one day that they'll just kick him off. He's and a I can hop right in there. It's unreal, bro. It drives me nuts. He's got like a little league baseball picture as his picture. Like that's I know exactly <laughs> oh, what geez. it is. I could see it because I've gone to the page so many times. Um, I don't know. So yeah, we need trainer sports too. So thank you guys. Have a good night. Enjoy.